when you give, you always get back. That's number one. And number two, the real mantra of my success is never say no. Always look into it and follow through before you really say no. I mean, take your time to decide. When you say no, you don't know what you are saying no to. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you want to become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're going to learn a ton. You will learn from real-life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're going to share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. Hello, hello. My name is Abel Pacheco. I'm your host for the Five Talents Podcast. We're just super excited today. We have a really strong guest for you. You're going to learn a ton as you listen to the show, Mr. Prashant Kumar. Prashant, thank you so much for joining. Abel, thank you so much for inviting me. It's great to be here with you today. I'm super excited because I know our listeners are going to learn more than a few nuggets. So for those that don't know Prashant, let me at least you know give a little bit of background and I'll turn it over to you for really a full introduction. But you live today, Long Island, New York. You've been in the US since 98. You're invested in like 50 to $60 million plus of commercial real estate. Prashant has a background of life sciences technology. He worked at companies like Pfizer, 3M, Bayer, Cardinal Health, Abbott. And really today, he's just managed to take 25 years of those experiences in corporate America, like analyzing income and expenses, calculating net operating income, calculating purchase price based on net operating income and market rate. So he took that professional you know, time and now today he's acquiring and holding income producing multifamily apartment complexes in some amazing emerging US markets. And he's all over the place. He's also runs a really successful real estate real estate multifamily meetup in New York, which is obviously today it's, it's kind of virtual, it's a little different, but he does both JV and syndications. So we'll probably talk a little bit about both. And really he's invested in that that 50 to 60 million we mentioned, just kind of ballpark, over 1200 doors of multifamily commercial real estate. And the other part of this is as syndication, I think you've heard enough maybe on the show, we're pulling resources together to go buy something bigger than we would have been able to buy on our own. And Mr. Prashant is also an owner in about 84, a little under 100 units, just himself. To have that many under your belt as you're the primary owner is, is just amazing. So Prashant, thank you very much for joining. Let me turn it over to you. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing today. It'd be a great to, point to jump in. Abel, thank you so much again for inviting me. I'm so excited to be here. And thanks for the great introduction overall. It kind of sums it up, but if you want, I can talk a little bit more. Obviously, I come from, from India. You know, I came here in 98 with only $115 in my pocket. You know, ever since then, you know, the journey has been, you know, good. I would say splendid journey all along. You know, I've worked with, you know, some of the hyping. I worked 
and have worked on some of the high paying jobs in corporate america right but at some point here you realize that you are not moving further right you are trading your time for money right i mean you are working if you don't work two days your pay get cut you know is is how many hours do you work so i mean that idea was always there in the mind although we kept working on and on for so long but then you realize listen i have to find a way where even if i'm not working things are moving right it's not dependent on me right i mean they're dependent on me but not so much like i really have to work and i get paid for that hour that i work for so that kind of took away, took me a little bit away from my my job and you know i started exploring real estate you know i did not start real estate until like 2017 i mean i would say 16 or so until then i mean my background is diverse i have flown all over the world i have traveled you know monday to thursday for years continuously i love planes you know i i love you know different places so you name it you know i have been there you know in us and outside us but what was i working for that was my thing you know what's next so that kind of took me into entrepreneur mode right i said let me look at what can i do so i started looking at real estate and one of my you know cousins he brought me into real estate he said prashant you have to buy one home and he just forced me to buy one and i just bought one and it it was so passive for me even though it is i was managing that it was so passive for me that i have not talked to that tenant for last three and a half years i says man this is super <laughs> but yeah <laughs> the guy keep on sending the check you know every month i mean it always doesn't happen that way but that kind of hooked me up you know i bought a couple of single family homes but within first six months i realized that's not for me because it just takes so much time you know to buy a simple small you know 100 200 000 home you have to go to the bank and you know they ask for each and every they, you know they they do your income check you know debt coverage ratio and you know basically so i said no it is not worth i mean i can cut the check and and buy that home but i realized not worth you know i have to get into commercial so multi family was the obvious choice at that point and then i you know i never look back you know 3 4 years ago i started into multi family i still hold those single families but trust me i spend more time managing those single families than my vast portfolio of multi family but i like multi family i like recession resistant asset classes goal is to you know continue to work in multi family continue to provide returns to our investors and in about last year i started investing into assisted living uh, asset class also so you know we have few assisted living as a assisted living homes where we provide care to our seniors so it's not about earning money it's about giving back to the society you are trying to help your investors you know i have bunch of you know being in technology world you know i know my network is so huge if i bring a deal you know it gets closed like that because i just know so many people who make that kind of money and they don't know those folks don't know where to invest because they are so gung ho in their doing the coding and technology and things like that they have money but they don't know what to do with that money so we are trying to bring the opportunity to my friends to my family members of course I mean, not so much in the family you know try not to do the business with the family but uh, yes i mean the network is large and i'm trying to do you know of course while helping them i i make money also 
Yeah, so that's my story. Multifamily, you know, single family to multifamily to assisted living. Now, primarily into multifamily, you know, and goal is to continue to buy some assets per year for myself also, but at the same time do the syndication. And that's the direction, you know, we are going going okay so far. This year has been a little bit rough for obvious reasons. Yeah, that's my background. All right. Prashant, thank you so much for, for sharing, right? There's a, a lot of stuff to unpack in, in you know, that. And I appreciate, you know, the mindset that you take, which is we're trying to help educate other people, other investors. And a lot of people don't even know, you know, I had a tech background, you were in life sciences technology in that space, in that area, or all of your network, probably some pretty, you know, well-to-do, good W-2 income earners. And unfortunately, we're, we're kind of doing what you mentioned, all trading time for money. And if part of your goal was to create a different lifestyle where you're not tied down to your desk and your job every single day, unless you're investing it for some kind of return, unless you're investing it somewhere where your money makes money while you're sleeping, then you always have to trade time for money. And unfortunately, it kind of works for, I would say, probably the masses, which is the more money we make, the more we're going to spend. And if we don't yeah. figure out a way to have it provide some passive income, it's it's harder to get out of that rat race, right? You know, you just kind of keep pushing, keep pushing down. It is, I mean, to my mind, it is such a conundrum that those who are working for money on the desk job, they don't understand. And I think it's a education. They don't have that education that their money can work for them also. They really don't have time. All they know is stock market, you know, because they have a bunch of money sitting and they, you know, start playing. Sometimes they lose, sometimes they make. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, you know, I mean, trust me, besides entrepreneurs, there are so many people in this world, you know, you, you name it, doctors, tech guys, you know, lawyers, all these people have so much, you know, fun sitting and doing nothing. So, so I mean, our, you know, we, are, we are not trying to get their money. We are just educating them to see if they want to make decent passive returns on their investments you know that's our goal yeah so let me ask you a question too are you a first generation real estate investor within your family or did your dad invest in real estate before you or your grandpa or are you first gen or second gen you know this is always curious i I mean i would say i'm i mean i'm the true first gen i'm the true first gen you know i if i had a little bit of background in real estate i probably would have started investing in 2003, I mean, 2002 timeframe, right? Yes, when the market was so low. It took me seven years to buy my first single family home. I mean, my personal home. I could have bought something. I still remember uh, I was was driving by a place. It was like $70,000 condo. The next year it was $170,000. And the next year it was $270,000. And I used to drive by that, but I did not have the guts to buy uh, that $70,000 condo in year one. I mean, if I had that kind of background, you know, like being a second gen, mm-hmm. I would have, my, my dad would have told me, listen, you are married now, go buy property for yourself and live in that rather than paying rent to your landlord. Mm-hmm. Right. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm too first gen, you know, there's no doubt about it. Got it. Yeah. That's always interesting to me, you know, how people grew up and kind of saw their way in. So you said a family member, was it a cousin or who, who did you say was kind of the yeah. pushing? Yeah, I have a cousin, you know, who in last recession, 2009, 2012, 
time frame, he bought a bunch of homes in California, obviously at a cheap, very cheap rate. Yeah. And at that time, I, I was busy minting W2 Java. You know, I, my job was paying me so much. I had no inclination. He would tell me and I would just ignore him because I was making so much in my W2 job. But, you know, fast forward now, you know, he was behind me. The one day I said, okay, I give up. I'm going to go buy one. Yeah. But when I bought, you know, after that, I never stopped. Yeah, that's awesome. And how long has it been? How long did it take you to acquire, you know, your 1200 door portfolio, the ones that you own? How long of a process was that when you first started jumping into, call it multifamily, your first multifamily purchase, what was it? And then, you know, kind of moving on today, how, how long of a, a period of time was that? My total, my total journey is two and a half years. Two and a half years. First day I bought my first single fa- first multifamily. I mean, first six months I bought three single families. In that time frame, I realized I'm not gonna do it. Then I bought my first multifamily. From that point onwards, till date, it is two and a half years. Man, that's awesome. And let me dispel some of this, right? Because we raise capital. We go buy something bigger than we would have been able to buy alone. So when you're looking at a 50 or $60 million number, 1,200 units, you know, Prashant didn't have to have $60 million. That's the first one. The second one is like we look at it, we say, okay, I have to put down 20% roughly in a loan, maybe another 10% we're going to hold for capital improvements. You know, there's a good 30% of that 60 million. That's like 20 million bucks. Prashant, did you have $20 million to go buy all that? Did you on your own? No, I mean, nobody has that kind of money. I mean, nobody has a million dollars sitting cash in their account, right? I mean, whatever you make in, in your W2 job, you will never have that kind of cash in your in your bank account. It just doesn't happen, right? I mean, I mean, you may have, you know, maybe maybe 500, maybe a million, maybe two at most, but that's about it. You know, I don't think anybody would have that kind of cash, yeah. at least in technology sector. Yep. Perfect. So how in the world did you do that? You know, just talk to some of the people, maybe that they're listening to this podcast for the first time and they're realizing, man, I I love to invest. I'm tired of trading time for money and I want to jump in. I don't know where to start. You know, walk us through a couple of things on on what you did tactically speaking and they can learn from that. Yeah. I think the important thing is, um, you know, it's not about that I'm going to make it. I'm going. I was not looking for a fifty million dollar portfolio, but this started happening. You know, as long as your efforts are sincere, and you find the opportunity and stick, you put the right amount of you know emphasis on the right opportunity. Right? You have to realize you have to continue to move. That time is limited. You can buy single family homes, but one at a time. How much time are you spending? spending buying one single family home. You're going to spend like two months to buy one single family homes, which will give you cash flow of maybe $400, maybe $500, right? So I realized that upfront, you know, I bought three, like one after another. But then I realized, man, this is not worth my time. So I immediately switched into, and of course, you know, when you are in the market, you get to meet people. And it's not always... Uh, not always getting from others, right? Giving also, giving back. When you give back, you automatically get something out of it. So I think I'm more on the spiritual side. That's how I look at things. That when I give, I automatically get it back. 
and that has always been a good player for me. Uh, there was a project in Texas, you know, they needed some help, you know, my group needed some help. I said, listen, I'm going to help. And I worked on that project day and night without knowing what I'm going to get out of it, without knowing what I'm, I was going to get out of it. And that project helped me to take off because even though that project did not work out even after six months worth of work, but I knew the whole syndication business like in and out because I knew how to talk to the lenders. I knew how to talk to the brokers, finance brokers, insurance, you know, third party, you name it, you know, and how to talk to the investors because I had a bunch of investors also in that deal. So, and my goal was not forget about what I was going to make. My goal was to make it work day and night, day and night, make it work. But even, even though that project did not work out, I immediately found another project and I put my, my effort in that. And it, that kicked off well. And six months later, another project kicked off. So that kind of, uh, you know, improve, you know, multifamily, you know, you don't have to do 10 deals to get to, or you don't have to do 1200 deals to get to 1200 units, right? Mm-hmm. Two, two or three deals are enough. My 1200 units are really three or four deals, mm-hmm. you know, 400, mm-hmm. 400, 200. And I did that in about, I would say, 18 month, 20 month time frame. This year, for obvious reasons, is not not so good. You know, we are sitting, <laughs> sitting and doing nothing. Oh, COVID. But, oh, COVID. 2020. Oh, we're recording this October. I think we're in October. Yeah, October 15th. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's uh, one of those fun years. I'm sure you put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy. and just hasn't produced, you know, quite the results that we were all <laughs> expecting. But, you know, within that short period of time, uh, if I could drive a couple emphasis points home, you said to emphasis on the right opportunity, your time, your energy, your focus, not about how much I'm going to make from this deal, but rather, how do I make this work? There's a team, there's a group that needed some assistance. You dove in, you kind of went head first. And although the deal didn't work out on that particular one, it definitely worked out for you. It worked out because you got learning, you got your education, you got your cycles, you went through it, you got your hands dirty. And you like set yourself for the next one, which was, you know, this classic opportunity to learn from every single cycle that you do that. That's, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Hello. Hello. You're listening to the five talents podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. If you're enjoying this podcast, then I know you're serious about achieving financial freedom. Are you ready to create your own path through multifamily investing for yourself and your family? then I know you're gonna appreciate our investor's guide to multifamily investing. It's titled Tackling Commercial Real Estate the Easy Way. We use this guide to invest ourselves in $93 million worth of real estate. So we're gonna show you the basic mechanics of multifamily syndications and how to evaluate your next passive investment opportunity. So the best part, if you subscribe to our podcast now, leave us a review and a rating. I'm going to give you a free copy of our ebook. So please take a moment to do that now. Once you've done that, go to 5tcre.com forward slash ebook, 5tcre.com forward slash ebook. Make sure to let us know you left a review and we're going to send you a free copy. So thank you so much for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast. We really appreciate it. Hundred percent. I mean, I mean, and I, I would attribute it to, I mean, to my, I mean, spiritual point which I just said. Mm-hmm. 
my hundred percent is when I when I'm there to give, I always get it back. Yeah. Not that it's my intention, but I always get it back, and probably I get back more than what I deserve. Mm-hmm. I'm and in full all, agreement. I'm in full agreement. Yeah. So the spiritual part, the giving back part, you know, tactically or you know whatever you want to call it. When you give more yeah. value, yeah. you're absolutely going to yeah. create more than you've given. So yep. Yes. Yes, and you know we are not here to screw anybody, right? That's not the goal in this business because one bad review can destroy your business. So we had to take care of our investors. You know, right before this call, you know, it was five o'clock, and one of my investors called, and I did pick up his call. I knew that we were getting late to get onto this. Couple of minutes, I said, "Let me talk to him." He said, "Prashant, what's going on on this project?" So I gave him the update, full mm-hmm. update, so that at least he's satisfied. So always holding hands. Now for your investors, right? Agree. Uh, because those are your in that two minutes, the investor asked me, "Do you have any other projects?" So he has opened up the door for me right there, you know. So the moment you are holding hands, you are always have repeat investors. You know, I could have just ignored the call and would have called him back or whatever. But I'm just, you know, what I'm really saying is holding hands of your investors, yeah, making sure their money is treated more than my money. Right. I mean, I would lose my money rather than losing their money. So that's the mindset that we have in this world. And that's how it is growing. You know, the business is growing. Yeah, I agree. Be a good financial steward and and then do as the best, you know, possible outcome, treating their money higher valued than your money. And I think that that's going to bring a lot of fruit to you. So how did you raise all of this capital needed? So we still needed some money. You may not have had, you know, again, nobody has 20 million bucks, but we need something. Yeah. And yeah. you are also really digging into like digital marketing, you know, the digital part of trying to meet more investors, trying to get your name out there. I see you more, you know, visible in certain areas. So what is it that you do to raise capital and how do you attract investors? Walk us through all that. That'd be great. Yeah. So, I mean... I was still very old school, right? When I started with the family, I was very old school. I would go to like every month I would, in first year I had gone to six or seven conventions. The first year when I did my, when I acquired all this, every month I would go to like Dan Ben, you know, Dan Hanford, you know, Rodcliffe, you know, Jake and Gino, you name it, you know, I would go there and I would not go inside the room. I would never watch any presentation. I would just hang out outside, you know, networking with people, you know, talking to people. You know, that's how I started, right? I built my database from there. In those meetings, sometimes you find investors, sometimes you find somebody who's willing to invest with you or who's willing to raise money for you. So having my own personal network and meeting budding syndicators, you know, and having some access to investors that helped me raise money. Definitely, I would attribute to all the time and all the money that I spent on going to those conventions. Unfortunately, we are not going out during the COVID time period and that I'm missing the most. But during the time COVID time period, I started working on the digital marketing side, which was missing earlier on my business. Earlier, I talked to so many people, you know, me talking, you know, I... Whenever I had, I would have a deal, you know, I would just talk to them and kept talking whole day, like 12 hours a day to various investors. That was like very old school type, right? But how long can you do? And slowly I started learning, you know, maybe I should 
expand digitally, you know, uh, learning from from a lot of folks you and a bunch of other who are in the digital marketing space. Nowadays, obviously, you see all of you see them all over the all over. So I learned a lot. I mean, I attended a digital marketing workshop, then hired a team in India. You know, obviously, don't want to spend too much money too. So that team is working out with me. I give them the directions. You know, they write my blogs. They take care of my social media. I do spend time. I do spend time responding things here and there. But all the work is being done by VAs. You know, I'm not doing much. I mean, if I do that, I would not be able to do the business part. I mean, all in all, you know, how to create funnel psychology, you know, created a funnel, different website, you know, my reality game is just a funnel for raising capital from investors, you know, and multifamily reality gains is my website, which kind of is my bio, so to say. So it's all working out eventually, but I did spend a lot of time learning about digital marketing, how to reach out, how to be a thought leader, right? I mean, we are getting into that. So segue now, how to be a thought leader, you know, mm-hmm. you start, mm-hmm. somebody told me you start meetups. So I started meetups and I said, okay, I'm going to do it you know, without knowing what it was. I really did not know what meetup was. <laughs> and now you have your, uh, your New York meetup was, that's funny. We have similar journeys. I started a meetup first here in San Antonio, Texas. And you know, uh-huh. before COVID, it was obviously not virtual. We used to shake hands, hang out in person, uh-huh. but now virtual, like I'm sure yours is as well. Yeah, yeah. So same thing, you know, I mean, I would like to, I mean, I would probably invite you in my podcast also to listen to your experiences. But to your point, yes, I spent a bunch of time on digital marketing and my team is working good for me. They're helping me out a lot. And I'm there talking to a lot of investors. I mean, I have my funnel, which kind of goes out, you know, we publish content and then they come into the funnel they go through the free course, free email course, and then they get a login to where they have some free courses, videos, and stuff like that. And after that, they schedule call with me. So then I talk to them and, you know, kind of bring them up to the speed. And whenever we have a deal, you know, we publish the deal to those investors. You know, some invest, some don't, but it's a learning process, right? I mean, it's not 100%. I would not say it is 100%, but, you know, this is the path. This is the path forward. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, congratulations and kudos because you've already raised a ton of capital, you know, even on your existing deals today. And now as you, you know, push through the digital side, you're going to reach a much larger audience, obviously, than you would have been able to do physically. And I I did something similar, went to all the events, a couple of years, went to a bunch of different cities, 12 or 13 of those events and probably ran into you. I just didn't realize, you know, back then, anyways, all the same events, I think, Anyways, the time and effort and energy to do that versus today, I think most people miss a lot of the, you know, that COVID time, which was like you said, it was some downtime, but that allowed you to push back in your business, invest and set up a new platform so that talk to us about multiple different platforms to, you know, reach new investors and, and kind of, uh, you know, raise capital. So raising capital, I think a science i mean it's not like you're gonna just do these steps right i mean you are like you go out with an intention that you are going to raise capital maybe you won't be able to raise capital at all right so you go out with a with a mindset that you are gonna share the knowledge as much as you can and then see the results you know 
you will reap the benefit out of it, right? Your goal is to educate. I mean, if you focus on educating others, just forget about whether you're going to raise or not. If you focus on educating others, I'm pretty sure you will get some return out of it. Any platform that you create, the focus is to educate what you can give to them. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. while giving, as I said, you will you will get it back. So, I mean, obviously we have simple platforms, you know, you know, you have Meetup, you know, you have Facebook, you have LinkedIn, you know, you have YouTube and Instagram maybe. I don't use Instagram that much, but I use LinkedIn. I recently started using LinkedIn. I'm connecting with a lot of people, you know, in the industry, outside the industry, passive investors, different kind of people, you know, brokers, wealth managers, fund managers, you name it. Similarly, you know, I'm not too much on Facebook, but I do have, you know, a bunch of friends, you know, on Facebook. So my VA kind of publish uh, whatever content we create, you know, I have a marketing team who creates the content and the VA publishes the content. On the <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. Right? I don't, I'm just being very honest in what I do. Yeah, no, no, this is really awesome. Sorry to cut you off, but I, I do want to say at this, it's I'm smiling ear to ear because I would guess before COVID, you probably were not very social you know, I don't mean social, I mean social, like networking, social networking, social platforms. And now you're talking about Facebook, LinkedIn, Insta, you know, is that correct? Is my assumption right? Uh, That is actually 100% correct. I did not even have my LinkedIn account ready (laughs) before March, you know. Now I have like 1500 contacts on LinkedIn. Facebook, I still had it, but I never went to LinkedIn. I was like, you know, that's something I did not touch. But in the last couple of months, I have LinkedIn. But to me, you know, spending time is is a key, right? I mean, how much time can I spend? Yeah. Let me give a couple of extra points here because whether you're raising capital or you stumbled upon this podcast and you're trying to do better at your W-2 job or trying to reach more people from a marketing effort or you're a life sciences technology professional and you're trying to get your brand out there among whatever space you're in. So I have a coach, his name's Marcus Ogden. I meet with him once a week and mm-hmm. he's a former NFL player and turned commercial real estate and, and kind of uh, now is a professional coach and, and coaches like high level executives for Fortune 500 companies. Anyways, I learned a ton from him. One of the things that he told me that's just stuck out and he's mentioned the brand, so I don't mind talking about him, red gold tomatoes and that they can tomatoes and they mm-hmm. reached out to him to try to get their sales reps more social and more social networking out there to really start, you know, figuring out how to adapt or pivot this year because of COVID. And it it was just a huge lesson to me because if a canned tomato company is trying to figure out how to do this, then surely a much more complex topic, like how to invest for financial freedom, turning your W-2 income into passive income and syndicating multifamily apartment complexes, like we definitely got to get out there, right? So if you are listening to this and you're a general partner trying to figure out how to raise capital and you think that, look, there's too many podcasts, I don't know if I should do this, or I don't know if anybody's going to want to hear what I'm having to say, or I don't know if I, you know, what will my friends say if my Facebook posts are becoming real estate focused? All of those things are just going to hold you back. If you are a passive investor, 
Prashant, give um, give the passive investors that are listening right now, somebody that's trying to learn, they're seeking education. Uh, what nuggets can you give them for how to get as much of this in- education as possible so that they can hopefully in a couple of years be in your shoes with 1,200 doors and 50, 60 million dollars worth of, of portfolio? What what should they be doing right now? See, one thing is I would say, I mean, an example I always give, right, is I can read about swimming for years. I can have hundreds of books. I can read all of them. But I will not an iota about swimming unless I jump into the swimming pool. Does it make sense? A hundred percent. I would not know I would not know anything about swimming. I, I jump into unless I jump into the pool. That's the fundamental of this business. I can talk about it, I can learn from yes, you need the coaches to, to know what it goes bad, somebody to hold your hand, but you have we have to jump into it. That's how I learned. I mean I did not pay I did not have any coach, you know. So to say I had mentors, you know, my friends and things like that, whom I followed because they were doing great. So always the best thing I could do was I was able to help on that project, which I said, I mentioned, I worked for free. I helped somebody for free. I wanted to invest in the project that was passive investment, but I wanted to learn also. If you want to become a syndicator, you have to associate yourself with somebody who is already doing it and just offer your help, offer your time help because time is the most important thing in this business, right? Syndicators need a lot of help, you know, for raising money, for putting together things, you know, getting the PPM signed takes enormous amount of time. So if you can help somebody, if you can help somebody, you know, offer your help. In return, you will end up learning a lot. And the best thing is to invest with somebody, you know, Invest with them. You know, if you have money, invest in that project. If you believe in the project, if you like the project, you invest in it and you work on the project, maybe free and it may not be free. Maybe, you know, the operator will say, you are working on it. Let me bring you the general partner or something. I mean, that's the one nugget which I always follow. You know, when I work on it, I'm going to get it out of it. And that's how I did. I did it and I was able to do it. I'm still willing to help. I mean, never say no. Yeah, there's no ego here. I mean, and to your point, the moment I start thinking about what others are going to think about my Facebook post, I don't care about others. (laughs) I don't care about what my family is going to think about. What they think. Yeah, you care deeply about people. You can see it's sincere and you wanted to give back. But yeah, disassociating yourself. What are they going to think about me? Yeah. Well, you know, no big deal. I don't know what they think. Who cares now? Move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter. You know, I mean, they know, they know that. I mean, in this business and I'm educating. I mean, I'm not asking for anybody's money. Yeah. I'm not advertising my deals on the Facebook. So somebody has to think, I mean, they, they think they will say a few words and after they, they will stop. But by doing so, I'm creating an impact in the environment for other people. There are 10 different people who need that education. So I'm worried about them rather than those who want to pull me down. And so, you know, keep moving, you know, positive, be positive, keep moving. Yeah. What a great lesson. What a great conversation we've had today, Prashant. I really appreciate it. So if somebody's trying to get in your world, they're trying to maybe learn, you know, your education, it sounds like you've got a nice little system going on there. Where should they reach out? And how does somebody learn a little bit more about you and your investments and what you do? So the name of my company is My Realty Gains. It's on the, you know, somewhere on the logo somewhere. You see that My Realty Gains. 
So myrealtygains.com, you just go to that website and if you're like really, really new person, you go to myrealtygains.com and you sign up for my seven-day email course. You'll get seven or eight emails and it's all free. And these are videos that will come to you uh, in the email. And after seven days, you know, you would have an option to become a member, which is again free. You will get the memberships. And there also you have some deeper education, which is free again. It's all, all free passive investment education in the form of email as well as in the form of a course on myrealtygains.com slash seven day email course that gives you the everything what you need. And then if you want to talk to me, just there is a button there uh, somewhere on the website to schedule a call with me. Schedule a call with me. I would love to talk to you you know, and share whatever I can share with you. There's no obligation at all. I mean, I'm not here <laughs> to grab anybody. Feel free to talk to me anytime, you know, basically. Just schedule a call with me and I would love to spend time with you to educate you, to understand what your goals are and how you can get there, whether you invest with me or with somebody else. I have a bunch of syndicators whom I know and I, a lot of deals come around, you know, maybe... I would suggest where you should invest, you know, based on your priority, you know, and the timing. Very good. Now, so awesome. Thank you very much, Prashant. I really appreciate the time. Is there anything we, anything you wanted to talk about today, anything you wanted to bring exposure to, anything in general that I didn't get to ask you or didn't, didn't come across? Any, any last parting words or wisdom, anything in general? See, as I said, in, in between, I mean, I'm a little bit into meditation and spirituality and I would end this parting words are two parting words you know which I've been kind of talking when you give you always get back that's number one and number two the real mantra of my success is never say no always look into it and follow through before you really say no I mean take your time to decide when you say no you don't know what you are saying no to right I mean that's how my first couple of deals came they came to me and somebody said, no, we are not going to do it. I said, yes, we are going to do it. Let's see. And that kind of took off. Had I said, no, I would not have that kind of portfolio for myself. So, you know, and say no when you know that it is not right for you. Like, take your time and hope, and try to help others, you know. You'll get it back. That That's my fault. I mean, that's how I live my life. That's what I can share. In doing so, you always get it back. All right. There's a, there's a pattern there. If you didn't hear it more than a few times and Prashant has carved out an amazing opportunity for himself by giving first without expectation of receiving and just bless you. God bless you, my friend, and wish you a lot of, a lot of success in your business and everything that you do and uh, look forward to, you know, staying in touch. If you guys heard something today that brought you some value, please leave us a review. We love a five-star rating. Leave Prashant a written review if, if there was something specific that you resonated and he'd love you to reach out to him and look forward to having you maybe sometime in the future, get a case study or something. And uh, thanks a lot for your time, Prashant. Sure. I would love to come back and I would love to share my case studies. You know, today we did not decide it that way, but I mean, there, there are tons of case studies which I can bring it to the table, uh, kind of walk everybody through what we do, things like that. But no, I appreciate your time for inviting me. That's so awesome. Talking one-to-one and, you know, hopefully listeners get something out of it. I'm thankful, thankful for your time. All right. Thank you very much. I am Abel Pacheco. There you go. And I'm your host for the Five Towns Commercial Podcast and love to see you on our next show. Thank you for your time. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast with your host, myself, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. Before you leave, let me ask you a few questions. Did you enjoy this episode? Did you learn something valuable? Was your mind stretched to what's possible and what you can achieve? Do you want other experts just like the one you heard today? If you answered yes to any or all of those questions, then please take a moment to subscribe to the Five Talents Podcast, give us a five-star rating, and most importantly, leave us a written review. Tell us what you liked, tell us your favorite guests, give us any feedback. I'm excited to learn and improve so you can get a more valuable show. So thank you again for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.